Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hey, girl. How's it going over there? Hi. <laughs> Dude, guys, everybody. Hello. Welcome. For us, this is our official welcome back into the studio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we made it work for you all. We, you know, like... We got those episodes out, but we took a little uh, a little time off. I went on vacation. A lot yeah. of shit happened. In the, in I the, got in COVID. Eileen got fucking COVID. It finally got her after Dude. three years. Damn. Yeah. So uh, a lot has been happening, but I'm thrilled to be back. Welcome. Um, I I feel like we should kind of just dive in here to this pool of insanity. I have some things oh please give me the things give me the things well first of all i officially have been like trying to take care of my life uh in my apartment since i've had covid for the past week 10 days or whatever Mm -hmm. clear now but i was like okay it's january i gotta fucking figure out my life i'm starting to purge my closets do all kinds of shit and i hung up my new calendar from mex icons i love it and something that i hadn't seen when i was like perusing also i still have your stuff by the way i need to mail that to you yeah yeah but something that i noticed in the calendar as i was putting it up is in the very first page i that puts a little um it put a little list of mexican horror movies (gasps) that you should watch and i was like hey that's really nice so there you go now we have an official little list some we've already seen and covered on the pod but there's some in there that we haven't yet so now we have an extra little list of uh things to check off so thank you to mex icons if you don't follow them yet and see their adorable products you absolutely must and then the other thing that I wanted to shout out during our off time, our vacation time, a lovely person named Axel Maxwell contacted us on on Instagram. And he says that his wife is a, a huge listener of ours. And he's like, I was wondering if you for the holidays, give her a, a shout out. And I was like, oh, shit, dude, we are absolutely not fucking doing anything right now. <laughs> God damn. But, you oh, know, no. uh, absolutely. We'll give her a shout out whenever we can. So here we are. My partner loves your podcast and has listened to every episode. So I wanted to say thanks from the partner of a true fan. <laughs> so sweet. But um, he says that she has um a jewelry brand <gasps> that she has on Instagram called Koya Jewels at Q-O-Y-A underscore jewels. And I went to peruse just to see what it was all about. And she is um Peruvian mm-hmm. handmade jewelry in Washington, DC. <gasps> Jonathan no. Atkinson. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's Let's woman be of color. Friends. Yeah. Go see her <laughs> shop. Um, her stuff is super cute. She's got earrings and necklaces and like her jewelry is so beautiful. So amazing. Check out Koya, I think I think I'm pronouncing that right. Koya, Choya, Koya, Q U O Y A, Q O Y A underscore Jewels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout out to her. Way to way to make stuff and sell stuff. 
uh, support small businesses, especially if they're owned by women of color. And thank yes. you so much for being a lovely listener. And we appreciate your partner reaching out to us. Yeah. That's very sweet. So. And also, even though we're way past the date, Merry Christmas and Happy <laughs> New Year. <laughs> Holidays Happy to holidays. all of us. Felices fiestas. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, say what's up to the people. Uh, we <laughs> we may have been out and about during the holidays, but we're back. We're back. Send us back, send baby. us tweets, messages, DMs, emails. Uh, we appreciate it so much, and we thank you for listening. And uh, let, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you so much for shouting out those people. Love that. Thank you all for so much for your support. And again, I'm asking your for asking for your support because listen, last week was carne de tu carne, which Eileen and yeah. I were just scratching our heads. We're like, ¿Qué está pasando? <laughs> and it just we got another one. This for you. is an enigma. Oh my god, a mystery wrapped in an enigma. <laughs> So I'm going to need, listen, yet another service announcement. Please, everybody, help <laughs> This is a me. call to action. Call to action to figure out what the fuck is going on here. All right. Yeah. So I picked this movie. It's from Argentina. It is called Historia de lo Oculto, History of the Occult. Great title. Yeah, great. It came out, I believe it came, out, it came out in 2020, but it just recently in 2022 became available on streaming services. I rented this, I think, on like uh, Apple TV or something like that. Screambox, the bloody disgusting streaming channel. Yeah, so it's out there and it's been getting a little like traction, which is very, very cool. So, you know, check it out. I'm so glad we watched it, but I'm just like, whoa, whoa, Flabbergasted. whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so this movie, Historia del Oculto, was written and directed by Cristian Ponce. And mm -hmm. uh, all right, let's get into some titulos de terror. So the movie I picked for titulos de terror today is Rosemary's Baby. Yes, I knew you were going to do it. I was like, <laughs> he has to do Rosemary's Baby. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. For reasons that will become a little bit more obvious later. Yeah, um, for sure. So uh, in Spanish, Rosemary's baby was El Bebe de Rosemary. In Brazil, or in Portuguese, it was known as U Bebe de Rosemary. Pero también en esta película, I'm just going to spoil it now, they say... El Bebe de Rosita. De Rosita. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, bueno pues. El Bebe de Rosita. I wonder if that was just like a charming way of people calling it back yeah. in the day or something like that. I love it though. Yeah. It's like what could be more like chill, non-threatening than El Bebe de Rosita. El Bebe de Rosita. No biggie. That, that baby's <laughs> fine. All right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that baby. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that baby. Uh, okay. So we already said subscribe, rate, and review, but we'll tell you again. Please do Please. it because we love you. Thank you so much for your support. Eileen, let's get a synopsis from you, please. Yes, of course. This, I believe, was in just the Google when I was like typed in Historia del Oculto. Oop, this is the description that popped up. Thank you, Googs. Thanks, Googs. Decades ago in Argentina, a popular TV news show broadcasts one last time with a guest who will tie the government 
to supernatural forces. All right, everybody. Mm. I'm just going to say a little <laughs> prayer. Strap on, as we like to say. <laughs> Get your thinking hats on. Porque, Ooh. brother, el cerebro va a trabajar hoy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just also need to add real quick. We were supposed to record yesterday, and I texted Eileen. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it, girl. Please, I need more time. And graciously, she was like, you're good. You're good. Let's we'll, yeah, we'll do totally. it later. Um, and another thing I got to add here, I did not watch this twice. I watched this thrice. thrice. Wow. Thrice. I had to rent this again because I was just like, mira. Puta. Mira. Okay. Es que, like we said, thinking caps must be tightly placed upon your head to understand this film. Put them on. Even if you, I, I'm saying, this is what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I mean, no me importa si sos de Harvard, UNAM, de fucking Yale, de cualquier, de Oxford. No importa, no importa. si sos el más inteligente del mundo, yo no creo que vas a entender esta fucking película. También. I watched the three motherfucking times and I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm kind of piecing it together, kind of piecing it together, pero todavía I'm like, I haven't, there are still threads floating about that I'm like, I don't know. So I put my thinking cap on, but it looks like a fucking dunce cap. So here we go, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Historia de lo oculto. We ready? Yes, let's do this. Let's go. We hear a reporter's voice on a TV news show. He says, this is going to be a tough week for President Velasco with the official 1987 budget announcement. So this reporter, who I called the host from here on out, his name is the host. He comes into focus on this TV screen news show and he continues. Find out more when we meet again on 60 minutos antes de la medianoche. Okay. Great name for oh. a TV show. 60 minutes before, like until midnight. Oh, yeah. Great so title. Mysterious. A great, great title. We cut to a security guard doing like a night patrol perimeter check at a seaport. And here is a good time to establish that this is all in black and white and looks very mm -hmm. cool, if I may say. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So this security guard hears a man scream. So with his gun drawn, he runs toward the sound and he discovers a man with a chiseled beard who is a hitman crouched over a dead man on the ground. Okay. Introducing another character here, or two characters really, security guard, chiseled beard hitman, three characters really, and this man who's and on the ground. Guy. Yeah, we'll get to him a little bit later. <laughs> we get this shot of the guard's face, kind of like looking at this scene, and we hear a weird fluttering sound, like the guard mm -hmm. is seeing something happen, and the guard seems like confused. Shook. Yes, shook. He's like... <laughs> Whoa, by whatever he saw. Yeah, because it's well, all we see, he has his gun drawn and he's like, he is witnessing something happen, but we don't see it yet. We only yeah. see his face reacting to right. what's going on in front of him. And we hear like, algo pasó. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Title card Historia de lo Oculto. Mm. We cut to a very 
what I'm going to say, like film noirish shot of a handsome young man, Federici. He's smoking a cigarette. He's waiting for somebody. This is it feels very like covert spy shit. Yes. You know what I mean? Big trench coat, like yeah. a, a, like a beanie and uh, like shifty eyes. And you're like, got to have a cigarette. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All that shit. So a man arrives and he hands Federici a package from Bon Merkens. Von Merkins. Merkin? This is what the name we chose. Bon, Von Merkin. Von Merkins. And he says, this guy who delivers the package says, it's all explained on a piece of paper inside the box. Your friend who went to the farms will know what to do. Okay? Uh-huh. Keep that word, farms, tucked away in La your granja. noggin. La granja. Las granjas. Okay? Yeah. So to clarify, this is what I'm getting here from this scene. Because, listen, this movie is chatty, but sometimes we chatty. just we just got to break her down a little bit. Just like break her down into <laughs> bite-sized pieces. So to clarify, yeah, yeah. this man who arrived with the package is hoping to get some information about President Velasco. Remember, we mm-hmm. heard about him on TV before. He's hoping to get this information about the president from a man named Marcato, who we have not met yet, but we will meet soon. And apparently this information will help overthrow President Velasco. However, Federici is like, there's no need to overthrow the president because there's no way that he could win re-election, which I think is an important point here. Yeah. Federici is like, the dude's going to lose. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Before these two guys part ways, though, Federici says to this other guy, there's a phrase I can't get out of my head. I don't know if I heard it somewhere or dreamt it, but I think it could have been said by Bon Merkens. <laughs> That's fucking name. <laughs> bon Merkens. Bon Merkens. Von Merkens. <laughs> and the other guy responds. Like, he doesn't even let Federici finish. He, he responds, Se acabó el futuro. El futuro. Like, the future is, is over. over. It's gone. Interesting. Hmm. Very ominous. And also the fact that he, like, knew this phrase that this guy was thinking of. Also weird and creepy. Yes. We cut to a phone ringing. A man whose name is Lucio, pero I called him Profe. He's a professor <laughs> of all these fucking people we're about to meet. So, Profe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. El Profe picks the phone up. And on the other end is Natalia, who is a student of his. Bangs. Ba- bangs and brows. <laughs> Bangs and brows. Bangs and brows. Here's the thing. Uh, the black and white really, like, fucked with my uh, time frame of stuff. Yes, Because yes. I completely erased the... 1987. The very first phrases that said 1987. And I, for the rest of this movie, what fucking year is this? Feels 50s. Feels 40s, 50s. Because of, like, the film noirish kind of... You know, thing. Also, the trench coats and things and the way people are dressed. You're like, there's 50s vibes. And then there's sometimes I'm like 70s vibes, which is close to 80s vibes. And so there's a lot of times I was like, yo no sé qué fucking año. And not only that, but when we eventually get to the craziness that uh, evolves into this, you're just like, oh, what? there's even more. Like, ¿Qué está fucking pasando? So, yeah. Time uh, play, <laughs> I guess. Time, time play, play, sure. Yes. Comes into play. What? Yeah. Those, those are the stupidest things I've ever said. <laughs> 
time play comes into play. Time travel kind of like, you know, dimension stuff will come into play. Yes. You absolutely. know what I'm saying, everybody? Yeah, 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 Fucking yeah. bear with me. OK. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so the profe has just gotten this call from Natalia, who's this student of his. So Natalia has been placed at a payphone at a secret location by Ron Merkins for some unknown reason as of oh, yet. Okay. I didn't real I thought she was there because of El Profe. But she's there because of Bon Merkens. I believe, yes, that she has okay, been placed okay. there because of Bon Merkens. And it's, it feels like a stakeout, but she does have to check in every 15 minutes with El Profe. She's got to call him back every 15 minutes. So La Natalia El Profe, they hang up. El Profe, meanwhile, is with another woman named Maria. And they're watching the news on the TV at what I called like a secret spy safe house. Now, they're not spies. These are journalists, from what I understand. They're producers of 60 Minutos Hasta la Medianoche. Yes, yeah. but it feels very like spy, spy. secret yeah. location. Espionaje. Exactly. On the news that they're watching, we hear a report about a protest planned for tonight at midnight against President Velasco. And it's noted that the time that the protest is planned is very strange. Midnight feels like spooky. You know what I mean? Midnight? Okay. For a protest in particular, you're like, that's weird. I'm and in bed. I'm yeah. tired. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm in can. bed. I don't want to <laughs> protest right now. So... Another man with curly hair is here, too. His name is Abel, pero I called him Curl. He's got these gorgeous curls. And he's and a mustache. There, and a mustache. Great mustache. He's there, too, you know, with these two. And he's looking at what I called, correct me if I'm wrong, but a Charlie from Sunny in Philadelphia Stringboard piecing together <laughs> thing. Charlie? Yeah, good job, you know Charlie. Never yeah. seen that show, pero it's like, <laughs> we'll figure it out if we tie these threads together on this pin board kind of thing. Yes. So again, just to to reiterate what you just said, Eileen, this is the 60, I call it 60 minutes. It's basically it's 60, minutes. Minutes, 60 minutes. This is the production team of that show. We get an old school commercial on TV for Las Islas Malvinas, which looks lovely. And lovely. then 60 minutes starts and the three of them watch. Can I just point out something that I really loved? They called the protest of of this of, of the president the fact that it happens at midnight they called it un media nochazo which i really liked i was like that's a really because you know when you hear like something aso it just means like a big something like a big midnight would be how you would translate un media nochazo you know what i mean Great fucking word. Love it. and it really like it sets it up you know like what's about what's going to happen at midnight so we see this uh, this little Las Islas Malvinas commercial, 60 minutes starts. They're all watching. However, before mm. it starts, we see a little ad that says this show is sponsored by none other than Bon Merkens Laboratories, everybody. Mm -hmm. right. Laboratorios Bon Merkens. <laughs> so the show begins at las 23 horas, which is 11 p.m., everybody. And it says... 9.8 degrees centigrade. I don't know what the fuck that is in Fahrenheit, pero ver, I'm going to say a balmy 62. 
48.2 oh. degrees. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's chilly. It's chilly outside, everybody. Put yeah. a coat on. All right. <laughs> That's why everybody's got a fucking trench coat as they're walking around. Oh, dude. Yeah. Every, you're right. Fucking beanies. You're totally right. So I just I mentioned the temperature because it ties in later. I mean, kind of. Sure. Whatever. And so the show starts. <laughs> same old host we saw before. And the host explains this is our last episode. And we hope to achieve our mission tonight, which is to solve a case that we've been following for a year. Nine months ago, he says, Manuel Ramirez, who we see on the screen, appears, this Manuel Ramirez, and we see, oh, it's the fucking guard. Okay, got it. The guard that was at the seaport. From the very beginning. From the very top of the thing. So the host was like, this guard was making his rounds at midnight at a seaport when he discovered a murdered, desecrated body. And we get a shot of a dead man in a circle with symbols and candles around him. Very, like, witchy stuff, if you will. Yeah, del demonio. Mm -hmm. The host continues, at first the guard said that he saw the killer. And then we actually get a shot, that same shot from earlier of that chiseled beard hitman over the dead man's body, almost like he's doing a ritual on him. So chiseled beard, oh dude, doing a ritual on this dead body in this weird witchy del demonio circle. All right, everybody? Say. The host continues, but the guard then later contradicted himself. And then he died. <laughs> <laughs> The host then says, the body that the guard discovered was a John Doe. However, I had never heard this before. En español se dice NN. NN, yeah. Which I looked up on on Wikipedia. It means no nominado, which I guess means like not. No name. Not named. No named. No named? Yeah, no wow. named. Not named. So <laughs> NN. So the NN, the John Doe, was the body was just disposed of. A while after the guard's death, one of my ex-students, Jorge Federici, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay. So one of the host's ex-students is Federici, that cool guy, that cool guy, that cute guy who was (laughs) such a cool guy. What a cool guy. (laughs) (laughs) Who like was in that package box exchange from before. So the host says, one of my ex-students, Federici, reached out to our producers here at 60 Minutes Federici had met the guard before he died, and the guard confessed that he had kept a small notebook that he found the night he discovered the body. The guard also told Federici that the killer he saw at the scene of the crime disappeared before his eyes. And now we get a shot of chiseled beard just disappearing into thin air. That fluttering sound. That's him just fucking disappearing. One thing to know about Beard is mm-hmm. that when the when the guard finds him, there is nary a sign of shock. He is not afraid. He's not like, whoa, hey, nothing to see here, buddy. No. He is literally, he stares this fucking guard down, like, mm-hmm. into his eyes, and then fitty, 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 seba, disappears. Yeah, fap, fap, fap. He's... he's gone okay so the host (laughs) the host continues the the notebook is written in a language that my team and i can't decipher and since we've been trying to decipher the contents of this notebook we've been threatened so basically this is what i'm gathering here me 
Johnny. This is what I'm uh-huh. gathering here. The host and these people at the safe house want to solve this mystery of the dead body, the John Doe, the notebook, but governmental or other forces are trying to stop them. Yeah. All right? Because the notebook that's left behind on the scene, mm-hmm. we get a handful of shots of what's yeah. in the pages. And there's even a, a like replica of the circle that's on the ground. Yeah. Because the way that the John Doe is positioned when the guard discovers him and Beard, he's like almost in a fetal position. You don't mm-hmm. see his face. The face yeah. is like turned towards the ground. And in the notebook is a big circle, some weird symbols, and in the middle of the circle is kind of like a peanut-shaped thing that mm-hmm. looks like a person in Cuerpo. a fetal position. Si, correcto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it feels very, like, it looks like a ritual is written in this book. So the host then introduces his guests. We've got Matias Linares, who is a senator, Daniel Aguilar, who is a sociologist and author of Michelle Doesn't Remember Anything, this book that he's got there. Mm-hmm. And finally, Adrián Marcato, which, welcome back to the main stage, Germán yes! Baudino, who we've had in, you know, 211 Day of the Dead, Abracadabra. I mean, he's a legend here on the pod at this point. Welcome back, dude. He's the Argentinian king. We love him. He absolutely is. Welcome back. Always a pleasure. Always does a great job. So, so happy to have you here. So, Marcato, Germán Baudino, is the former vice president of Kingdom Corporate, the fastest growing business in Argentina during the past decade. The show then cuts to commercial, and back at the safe house, the profe asks Maria to go over the plan. So she explains, the host will interview Linares, the senator, first, which will hopefully get some sort of reaction out of Marcato. Okay, Mm -hmm. if that fails... Is he fascia? Is he fascia? Is he fascia? So, is he fascia? Uh, Aguilar, the sociologist and author, will then like question Marcato, I guess. Is he fascia? Is he fascia? <laughs> I will tell you. Is he fascia? <laughs> Curls goes in. Curls, who was here, you know, with the with in the Profe. safe house. Yes, in the safe house. Which I was like, what? What does that mean? At this point, I didn't understand, but I believe that the further we go. I can kind of explain that a little bit more or we can kind of explain that a little bit more as we go on. I definitely was like, OK, so we can tell that they these people are part of the production of the show. But because they're in a weird house, I'm like, so they're not on stage. They're not behind the cameras unless the the sound stage is like right, right next over there. Door. Right. Exactly. But you can tell like, no, this is definitely somebody's fucking house. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. This is it feels like a secret location and we don't want people to know we're here. Yeah. And that's yeah. why that line of here come we'll have curls go in and you're like, how you're in right. a house. But eventually we find out how. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. Easy fashion. Easy fashion. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Easy fashion. The the host will read four points from a file, which Marcato will hopefully confirm. And Maria gives us what these four points are. Here we go. One, Marcato met President Velasco in college. 
And after graduating, they co-founded Kingdom Corporate together. Okay. okay. Two. Kingdom Corporate funded Velasco's presidential campaign. Uy, shady business. Mm -hmm. Three. Kingdom Corporate also funded many operations in favor of the government and against the, op the opposition. More shady business. Yeah. Four. The little notebook that was found near the dead body links Kingdom Corporate to the chiseled Beardo hitman and many other politicians. Okay. Okay. If Marcato confirms all of this, it will it will force Judge Biasotti, who I was like, who? Who are you? Who? We'll find out more about this man later. It will yeah. force Judge Biasotti to open a case. Easy fascia. <laughs> Santa Maria. Santa Maria. If all of that fucking fascia, if that all fails, yeah, if all fails, then we go with Von Merkin's plan, which has something to do with Natalia over at the payphone, even though I have no idea what that is yet. You, Eileen, have no idea what that is yet. And this motherfucking production crew has no idea what the fuck it is. Yeah. They don't know. They're like, this movie says. We're dropping you in the middle of Ooh. this film. We yes. are we are working from the middle outward and not even oh. backwards or forwards. You're just going and you're spreading yourself. Yes. And, and good and luck hoping to you. for the best. Yeah. Good luck to you. Pero importante that La Natalia has some sort of like Von Merkin's plan that like yeah. the production crew knows that there's something going on. They're in, they're, they're in touch with her. She's checking in every 15 minutes, but they don't yeah. know the specifics. And neither does she, right? Exactly. I don't think she does really either. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's keep going. I everybody. think we're good. I think, I think this, we're good. Is, I think this we're good. is all making sense so far. And if everybody listening, if this is making <laughs> sense, bless you. You're incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Just then, Federici arrives and he tosses curls the package that he was given earlier the show starts again and maria goes to make some coffee while curls opens the package and inside the package he discovers a cassette tape and a small bag containing like some sort of herb or root i will say on 60 minutes the host mentions that he always asks the journalists who work for him to keep journals of their investigations. This particular journal, he says, belonged to Eduardo Alonso. Now to be clear, this journal is not the ritual notebook that was found near the dead body. These are two different things, okay? ¿Y quién es Eduardo Alonso? I think I have an answer for you, <laughs> pero más tarde. Okay, okay, okay. Because I, I, I was like, Iquale. Okay, because at this point we have several men, two girls, and then this fucking host. There's Who's people just keep on being TV like, without yeah. TV. The keep guy that delivered names. a package. See, sí, todos los nombres. Y yo, Iquale Eduardo Alonso. And so I'm Dude, glad you will get I there. can't wait to. T I'm still not 100% sure who it is, but I can't wait to tell you how I think I like at least 95% confirmed who it is. But I'll get to okay. I'll get to it later. Okay. Okay, so the host is like, this fucking journal belonged to Eduardo Alonso. And then he reads from the journal, and in the journal it says, I've been having nightmares. 
Maria and I went to interview Linares today because his name was in the ritual notebook. But I swear I had been to this place before because I had seen it in my nightmares. In the nightmare, the body, the John Doe, the NN from the seaport was there gathered with other men. They all left on, on their own and the John Doe took a cab. Now in the nightmare, I'm the John Doe. The cab okay. driver takes a route I don't know. I don't remember what happens next, but it's uncomfortable. I'm in pain. I try to wake up but can't. And at the end of the dream, I realize that I'm on fire. Oui. <gasps> Pretty horrible. Yeah. Yeah. We then cut to Maria making coffee in the kitchen when she hears a voice calling her name. Maria. Very, like, monotone like that. Yeah. Maria. Raro. So she follows the sound into a dark room where she tries the light switch, but the light won't turn on. And then she finds a recorder that has been playing her name over and over. Maria. Pero correct me if I'm wrong. She picks no up. No tape. There's no fucking tape, right? There's no tape. I wrote in all caps, no tape. Which this was really creepy. Very creepy, especially because she goes up to the window to yeah. look. And like behind her, there is a fucking shadow of a man. A he- Like a big man. Yeah. So she grabs this tape recorder that has no fucking tape in it, but is playing her name, Maria, over and over. No, I I don't know. Giving me chills Uh, now. It's really spooky. Especially because, like, so far, nothing particularly scary has happened, but this was like, oh, I'm creeped and fast. You know what I mean? This is the first moment, even with all this, like, weird witchy ritual shit that's been going on, Mm -hmm. this is the first official, like, Oh, things aren't, things are funky here. Yeah. And like, this is supposed to be a horror movie. Yeah. You know, this was my first like reminder, like, oh, right. Oh, yeah. This is scary. (laughs) This isn't a George Clooney thriller. (laughs) Like fucking heist over here. (laughs) (laughs) So she stops the tape and then she crosses to an open window. Like you said, you see that figure behind her and the curtain either like blows in the wind or she moves it or something and it reveals that you don't really see what it is it's just dark a shadow big dark figure behind her and on the recorder again maria which i was like "No." no And the door slammed shut behind her. Scared the shit out of me. I jumped yeah. to the ceiling. I was like, <laughs> fuck, dude. Maria, yeah. get out yeah. of there. <laughs> so then Curls goes to check on Maria and he hears this like knocking sound. So he goes down a dark hallway to check it out. When he sees this horrible dark figure crouched on the ground in front of him, it's growling. It's Ooh. got like just the pupils Eyes. are lit. Like Ooh. yellow. Ooh, so Horrible. fucking scary. And it's like, it's crouched on the floor looking up at him with these horrible, like, pinpoint pupil yellow eyes growling. Dude. So clearly, Curls freaks out. He covers his eyes. And when he looks again, he, like, takes his hands away from his eyes. Nada. Pero bam! There's a knock right next to him. Scared the shit out of me. It's Maria. I also jumped oh to God. the ceiling. At this point, I'm like, Maria's dead. Like, okay. I, him Adios. going back there mm-hmm. to, like, look for her, I was like, 
she's dead. He's going to discover yeah. that she is dead. She's been eaten by and, this horrible thing here. Or whatever that thing is whatever in the, the fucking yeah. closet or right. whatever. I don't know. So Curls opens the door for Maria, where she just banged on, and she apparently had gotten locked in. He tries the light switch for her, and the light turns on, which she she's the most like sensible person here. She's like, give me the truth. Give me the facts. Honestly, she was fucking awesome, in my opinion. Great actress. Loved loved her. her. But she is like, no bullshit. And when she notices that the lights turn on, she tried them before and they didn't work. She's like, yeah. It doesn't sit well with her. You know, it's subtle, but it doesn't sit well with her. Absolutely. Back on the TV show, the host asks Linares. Now, just a refresher, Linares is the senator. And this is the first point, like she said, in the four four points, she said that first thing he's going to do is ask Linares stuff. Yes. So we're starting with Linares. So he's like, Linares... Do you remember any of the stuff that I re- just read you from this journal about this dude fucking Eduardo Alonso going to meet you? These nightmares. Does this ring a bell? And Linares is like, well, I remember Maria, but she was alone. And my name is probably in that ritual notebook just because I'm a public figure, which this is like, you know, he is a public political figure. So this doesn't sit well, at least with right. me. I'm like, no, I don't trust this. So the host is like, okay, well, we have another man here whose name was also in the notebook. Let's talk to Adrian Marcato, a.k.a. Brother Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and Marcato's like, no, no, please. It's just Adrian. Now, please don't, you don't need to call me Brother Darkness. And also, please <laughs> stop asking Linares questions about this situation because he doesn't remember anything. He was used for one purpose and then he was erased. And I just wrote here, men in black. Because like... <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, my God. It feels like very, like, you know, mind-erased situation. Yeah. At least that's Lo what's... borraron yeah. al senador. Exactly. And, like, that's what it feels like Marcato is saying rather condescendingly. Like, oh, dude, you served your purpose and... Yeah. You think you don't remember and that's because we've erased you somehow. Exactly. Yes. So Marcato then asks, just to, like, make matters worse, he's like, hey, Linares, how many daughters do you have? And Linares responds, two. And Marcato says, actually, no, you have three, but you forgot that you gave one away, which this very important to come back to. I'm still not 100 percent sure about it, but just keep this like missing children subplot in mind as well. All right, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after Marcato says this, Linares gets heated. He's angry. He storms away. He storms off the show. The show cuts to commercial. And the commercial catches Federici's attention. The future is over, the commercial El says. El futuro se acabó. Which immediately he's like, oh, that's what he's been hearing on repeat, like in his head. So he's like, okay, right. he pays attention to this commercial. So the commercial continues. From the Child Protection Department, we've launched the For Them Forever project, which centers on the source of energy that makes the world turn. Children. Uh Uh-huh. Which is... Very weird. So weird and so creepy. Like, children as a source of energy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
something I'm going to go back very quickly Please. to El, El Senador Linares. When he gets all upset, he says something that I haven't heard in a long time that we say in Nicaragua, uh -huh. where he's like, hey, fuck you, Marcato. Who the fuck do you think you are? I, te voy a dar un sopapo, which is <laughs> like, I know, and I think I need to do a little bit more research, but I know that Argentina and Nicaragua have a strong tie from back in the day. Oh. And there's a lot of language in this movie that is very similar to Nicaraguan language that I'm like, I need to fucking do a deep dive on the Argentina-Nicaragua connection because Sopapo sent me flying to the past. I was like, es que no sé que te voy a dar un sopapo, which just means like, I'm going to smack you. Like, I'm going to, I'm hmm, going to sure. punch you, whatever. And, you know, Argentinos say bo. All the, they uh -huh. say boss, uh -huh. and that's how we talk too. Where I was like, ah, boja esto y boja el otro y bo, bo, bo. You know, so you know. Interesting that you bring this up. Now I know that Argentina is very like show, she, sha, sha, show, she, show. But I noticed too, like when I was watching an interview with the director, that he drops his s's a lot, which is See? a very. I, I get that's. I guess that's like a Caribbean uh, uh, a thing, or at least in like Latin America, pero. I found that interesting. So just you mentioning that there is a connection, which I knew nothing about. I'm like, hmm, interesante. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that commercial passed. Creepy, children or energy, quien sabe. Uh -huh. And then Curls gets everybody's attention. And he's like, hey, listen up. We need to talk about what is in this Bon Merkens package. He holds up the little bag with the root, and he says, this is raíz de la ombliguera. Which, at least in the um, subtitles, it said Tannis Root, which mm -hmm. is a fast-acting hallucinogenic. On this piece of paper written by Juan Merkens are the rules for the ritual. There are four doses of this root, one for each of us. Tannis Root is supposed to help connect you with spiritual forces in clairvoyance ceremonies. That must be Bon Merkin's plan, Curls says. That's how we will figure out where Natalia should go. And at this point, I was like, oh, right, fucking Natalia. Natalia. Like, remember her at the payphone? She's got to go somewhere. So Curls, okay, he was the person specifically, like, pointed out by the dude who delivered the package. He was like, your friend who went to the granjas, the farm, he'll know what to do. Curl seems to be the one that's most gung-ho about being like, let's open this package. Let's see what Von Merkins wants us to do, which is kind of like a weird drug-induced ritual to connect with spiritual forces, which, okay, that's what he's about. Yes. And everybody keeps asking him, what did you see in these granjas? Ave, yes. Curls. Yes. Because like, you were there. We they all the producers there know that he was at these granjas at some point and that he saw something upsetting, yes. bad something. And he knows something they don't. And they're like, fuck, dude, tell us what you saw in the granjas. And he's like, I'll tell you later. This is not the time. Let's do this ritual and eat this Tannis root. He's starting to introduce a like spiritual Satan-y kind of thing that apparently like they all know about. But Maria is like, that is bullshit. We're sticking yeah. to the facts, which honestly, that's what I would fucking do. I'd be like, let's stick to the facts before 
yeah. we start exploring other things. You know what I mean? She's like, I'm a journalist. I have I have a job to do. I'm here to produce this television show. I'm here to prove why this uh, John Doe has was mysteriously died. What is the deal with everything? I don't need to be in a drug induced fucking ritual with a bunch of fucking nerds here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so curls to basically that he's like, well, if you saw what I had seen at the farms, you wouldn't be so stubborn. And again, Maria, like you mentioned, she's like, dude, the again with the fucking farms, what did you see? You were there for five weeks and you couldn't even get to Marcato. So apparently Curls was at these weird farms for five weeks. Algo pasó. Quien sabe. And Marcato was there, the guy on TV that we're trying to get answers from. And so, like, where is the connections here? Yes, but we're introducing witch stuff, spooky Ooh. stuff, rituals. So anyway, Curls has already taken his dose. So now the profe and Federici are like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's take the dose. They take their dose and Curls explains, you might see things and hear things that aren't there. Pero Curls, el Federici y el profe, they take their their tannis root. La Maria is like, fuck you. Fuck Hell you. no, not taking it. Yeah. The show comes back from commercial, and by the way, I don't know what the temperature is, but it is getting is it's going up. It's getting hotter. All right. I didn't notice this temperature yeah. situation. The okay. temperature kept getting hotter and hotter as we got closer to midnight. Interesting, Interesting. right? Interesting. So the host asks Marcato, "Why is your name in this little ritual notebook?" And Marcato explains, well, the notebook belonged to an ex-business partner of mine, which I was like, oh, the hitman, the fucking chiseled beard hitman. That was an ex-partner of his. Pero Marcato says, I no longer have ties to Kingdom Corporate. I haven't worked with them for like two years now. Okay, so they've cut ties. All right. El Daniel Aguilar, the author there. He's like, he pipes up and he's like, Marcato is the leader of an apocalyptic cult. A con artist who convinced people to follow him because he says the end of the world is coming. Those that follow him think he's a brujo. I have statements from relatives of many people who attended his farms and those people came back different. And I was like, this feels very satanic panicky to me. You know what I mean? Even the book that he wrote uh, is satanic panic shit. And so Marcato's like, yeah. And what? I'm a brujo. Yeah. I'm a He's fucking very brujo. Casual. He's yeah. like leaning back on his chair, being Chill. like, "Sí, yo soy brujo y qué." <laughs> y qué. He, he explains, "I was initiated at seven by my grandmother, who was a witch." Which I was like, "Children being initiated." Okay, okay, okay. At younger ages. Interesting. Which, I didn't put that shit together. I mean, again, like. Took me so many times, but I was, I'm not even sure that that's a thing, but I was like, maybe they had to be children to be initiated. And we're talking about missing children and stuff like that. Anyway. Right. So El Marcato continues in college. I made a huge mistake and I introduced my friends to the dark arts. And that was when Kingdom Corporate was born. And yes, I was friends with President Velasco back then, but now I'll tell you all that later. And it's like, dude, tell us now. Let's let's just have it out. 
We cut to Federici. He's having a cigarette outside when he notices a red light coming from a hole in the wall. And from the hole, he hears a noise. Sounds like fucking like synth music to me, like synthesizers. Totally. And he even like covers the hole with his with his finger and it like muffles. It's so weird. He pulls away at the wall almost like it's paper. And it reveals more glowing red light. The noise gets louder, but then the hole disappears. It was just a vision. And this was very cool. This is the first time we see color in this film. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And it's like this small little dot of red is the initial, like you see it on him. On his face. Like shining on yeah. his face. Yeah. And uh, and I literally wrote red. Like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, what the hell? It's so jarring because you haven't <laughs> yeah. seen color. Yeah. Exactly. And then him peeling away at this wall and it getting redder and redder. I was like, what does what? this mean? Yeah. <laughs> And but like, then I remembered, oh, están alucinando because yes, they're yes. on tennis route or mm-hmm. whatever, ombliguera, whatever. But at this point, I was like, it was a vision, or was it? Was it? Quién sabe? Okay. We're back inside the safe house, and Federici goes back in, and he's like, Maria, I need you to do something for me. I need you to check your research about how many children all the connections to the case have. And I mean, like, Linares, Marcato, who, by the way, has no kids. That's what she says right here. Judge Biasotti, I need to know all of all these people. How many kids do they have? So Linares has two. Mm-hmm. And in we see him check her paperwork. Mm-hmm. Like he's testing her to see if it's yes. in her brain. Mm-hmm. And she says two. Marcato has zero. El juez, who then she says, yo tengo dos primas yes yes Mm -hmm. and you're and immediately i was like hold on does this mean that el judge is your tío like Mm -hmm. what's the deal Mm -hmm. in el papel it says two it's specific to know that like marcato it says here he doesn't have kids and like what is important to establish is that Maria knows she knows her shit she knows her numbers she's off the brain uh, she doesn't even have to look at the paper like she fucking knows cool great Pero this is also establishing Federici is trying to figure something. He like can't piece it together, but he's like something about the kids. There's something there, but he can't figure it out just yet. Will he? (laughs) We will find out. Will we? Will we find (laughs) out? I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, so back to the TV show. Marcato tries to explain what happened with Senator Linares and his, his supposed missing daughter. And he says that Linares has no memory of his daughter because she no longer exists in this reality. Mm. The same thing happened to the John Doe as the hitman with the notebook was performing the ritual. The identity w- was erased, but the body wasn't. Because the the hitman wasn't able to finish the ritual because the fucking guard showed up is what I'm gathering. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. At this point, though, Profe must think that Aguilar's questioning of Marcato is failing. So he's like, "Curls, it's your turn. You need to go in." Because remember the plan we tell before all those steps. We're we're at Curls yeah. now. It's his turn to go in, and I think. Tell me, I'm fascinated to hear what you think this would mean. But I think Curls going in means like 
he's going to call and question Marcato about the farms and like what happened there or something. Maybe. So we we definitely because he picks up the phone and he's like, okay, time for you to go in. So he's going to be like a like a a calling in plant to, to the to the show. Yes. And like ask questions to Marcato to get whatever information they need to prove that. Okay, and this is where I was like, okay, so what is this investigation that the president is a witch? I genuinely at this point we're like in the middle of the movie and I'm like okay yeah we're asking questions this guy's a fucking warlock el otro está hablando de satánico satánico mm-hmm. el otro se fue because he's offended that they've talking that he's got three <laughs> kids when he's got two for reals yeah. and I'm like okay but all of this is because we want to find out que el presidente Velasco es un brujo is Un brujo. And then also remember that at midnight we have in Medianochazo, which uh-huh. is like the fucking protest against said President yes. Brujo. Yes. I think some of the team wants to prove that he's a brujo and that he used dark magic to become president. Kingdom corporate. Kingdom corporate to become president. So... In what you're saying, because I'm going with Maria in that she is the stable, like the one that's got her foot on the floor. Mm -hmm. She's in it for corruption. She's like, he's he's been using an ounce in the brujeria shit. Yes, yes. But she believes that in a in a corrupt way, he became president through Kingdom Corporate. It's just that turns out that Kingdom Corporate is actually a fucking coven of witches. Yes, un aquelarre, <laughs> which is a word I fucking love. Such a good yeah, word. Great word. Um, I believe yes. I think that okay. is what is going on here. Okay. And, you know, to also include, like, for Maria, there's murder happening. You know, like, people are being murdered. It's shady. Right. I, I believe yeah. that is the case. It's hard to focus on her story, though, and, like, what exactly she wants, even though she's so, like, stubborn about it, you know? Just like, no, yeah. I refuse the witchcraft. It's hard to, like, be like, well, what is what do you want to discover when everybody else, basically, in this it's movie like, is, like, brujos. witchcraft? Yeah, exactly. And those say... One last thing. So the reason why Jane, I I always want to say Jane Doe because I'm so used to women being the ones that are with mm. no identity. But mm. so the reason John Doe is a John Doe is because his personhood was erased yes. before the body was also able to be erased. I correct? believe. I believe so. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay I okay. believe so. Honestly, we're figuring it out together. Yeah. So just to recap, Profe is like, okay, curls, it's your, it's your time. You got to call in. So curls calls, calls their associate Danny at Canal 6, which is the, the channel for 60 minutos. Uh-huh. So on the show, the host interrupts Aguilar and Marcato. He's like, shut the fuck up. We got a call. Pero it's not curls. It's a woman named Mariana. <laughs> and she asks Marcato. Ay, sí, señor Marcato. Yo quería saber si usted sabe que nos cogemos a la puta de su hija todos los días por todas las agujeras que tiene. <laughs> 
and then the line cuts away. Oh my god! Which I was like, whoa! Yeah, I know. Fuck. Totally. So this woman, Mariana, is calling in and being like, Marcato, just hope you know that, um, just wanted to know that we're fucking your daughter, like, in every hole she has. (laughs) Which, (laughs) clearly, like, the the station is like, cut, no, stop, hang up, hang the phone up on this woman. Right. And also, to remember, no kids. Marcato is supposed to not have a daughter, all right? Uh Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Curls is still on the phone, like trying to get in touch with Danny and like trying to get through to the fucking show. Yeah. But he starts to get all woozy. And on TV, he hears Marcato say, do you know what we just spoke to? It wasn't human. And the host says, a demon? And then Curls looks back at the screen and he sees what looked like to me like a burned, hideous creature yeah. Sitting there, like, I think in Marcato's place. Looking right at him. <gasps> Horrible. Horrible. So clearly, Curls freaks the fuck out, and he goes outside to get some air. He's joined by Federici, and Federici's still, like, he's, like, still on this kid thing. He asks Curls, were there any kids at the farm? Like, did you see kids' clothes? Did you hear them crying? Like, did you see any evidence of children there? No, says Curls. There were no kids there. So Curls goes back inside. However, Federici sees that Curls' shadow is still on the wall. Uh-huh. Which... Weird. So it, it just feels like the closer we get to midnight the stranger things are getting. You know what I mean? Like the other forces are starting to appear more powerfully. Back inside, the show continues, and Marcato says, the world as we know it is coming to an end because it's running out of energy. The Magus, (laughs) the real leader of this group, doesn't want this entity to die, which I was like, hold on, stop. The entity meaning the world? Girl. I don't, I can't tell you. El futuro se acabó. Like I, you know what I mean? Everything. Okay. So the host says, oh, is the Magus President Velasco? And Aguilar is like, dude, to the host, he's like, dude, you're not believing all this bullshit, are you? Marcato, if you're a real brujo, prove it. So Marcato turns to Aguilar and he's like, you know, everything I said tonight is true. And you discovered it while you were writing your book. And then Marcato just like motions at Aguilar's nose. And suddenly Aguilar has this horrible nosebleed, which fully like he covers his face. And I think his eyes are bleeding. That's what I thought, too. I was like, are his eyes fucking bleeding? Because he's he's covering his face, but there's blood just like coming out, coming out. So clearly the show cuts to commercial and Maria's like, that's weird. Must have been a coincidence. And Curls is like, girl. No, it's not a coincidence. Von Merkens thinks the president and his crew are brujos. I know what I saw at the farms. And this dude, Marcato, is straight up saying on TV that uh, fucking kingdom corporate is a coven. So El el Curls is like sticking to his thing. He's like, get with it, Maria. Like, fucking figure it out. Right. But then the phone rings. 
It's Natalia at the payphone. So the prophet tells Natalia, just blend in with the crowd from the protest at midnight and we'll see you later. They hang up. However, we stay with Natalia at the payphone for a moment and we do see that there's somebody watching her. I think what we do know from Natalia at this point is that they're going to tell her where to go to do something. But what that thing is, we don't know. So she's waiting for an address at this phone booth. Yes. 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 This all like starts to unravel as we get closer. But I think it's good that we just establish now what Natalia needs is an address and a location. What for? We will figure it out a little bit later. Back to 60 Minutes, the host begins the show again. He turns to Marcato and he's like, okay, dude, what's your relationship to President Velasco? Who is the John Doe? Why was he murdered? Who the fuck is Eduardo Alonso? And I was like, please, God, tell me now. Who is Eduardo Alonso? (laughs) For God's sake. So the host is like, when we contacted you, Marcato, we made an agreement. You needed something. So did we. So we sent someone to look for what you needed. And then we get a shot of Natalia walking the streets. Okay. And so I was like, this made it even more confusing for me. Because I Uh was like, okay. We sent someone looking for what you needed. That's Natalia looking for something that Marcato needs. meant for Marcato. Which means that Von Merkins, Marcato are connected some way somehow yes yes at least that's what it seems like to me okay okay unless i'm just like maybe this movie isn't that confusing and i'm just overthinking it but no 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 because i also was like i literally at this point was like who's natalia (laughs) because i had forgotten who she was (laughs) i was so confused dude Oh my um, God! Who is Natalia? But okay, I, I I literally wrote, "What's going on?" And, and I wrote, "And everyone's on drugs." I don't Fuck. know what's happening, bro. Dude, oh my God! <laughs> so so the host was like, "We sent fucking Natalia to look for what you needed, and exchange for that, you said that you would confirm this information, meaning this information that they're trying to like get out of him." Okay, right. Finally, Marcato says, "You know what? Okay." I'll talk. He looks into the camera. We hear distortion as he begins to speak and the TV screen cuts away to static. At the station, the host is like, what the fuck? What happened? He turns to Marcato asking him if he had anything to do with this like station loss of connection. But Marcato is freaking out. He's having like a full episode. Something's going on. Yeah, he's like start seizuring or something. What the fuck? This I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. Honestly, I am not sure. So we cut back to the safe house and someone or something begins to bang on the door. So they turn the lights off. They hide. And again, Maria hears someone calling her name. Maria. And behind her, something like horrible and burned is standing there, but she doesn't see it. However, Curls is like cowering nearby, staring up at this thing and he can fucking see it. it. Yeah. So finally, the banging stops. Canal 6 has come back on air playing its fucking annoying theme song over and over and over and over when the door buzzer buzzes. Maria opens the door to check it out. And she's like, no hay nadie. But standing off in the darkness, like in the trees, is that horrible burn thing. And I think at this point, she sees it. Okay. And then she comes back inside. She sits down. 
and she finally takes the Tannis route. So I think she saw it. She's like, okay, yeah, things are something's wild. Happening. What's this? Something's crazy. I'll take these drugs. Which is interesting because she didn't have to take it to see something. To see the thing, right? Yeah. So shit's getting shit's getting real here. She then picks up the phone after ta- after like eating the Tannis root. She calls her mom, who she has this weird, awkward, like estranged ex- ex- conversation with. Yeah. She asks her mom for her uncle's new phone number, and her mom gives it to her. So Maria hangs up. She dials her uncle. He picks up, and she tells him that Marcato introduced President Velasco and other people to alternative business techniques, which is fucking a hilarious way of saying witchcraft. Yeah, totally. The entire cabinet is part of Kingdom Corporate. I didn't and still don't really believe any of this Brujo witchcraft stuff either, but we have proof of real things that link Belasco and Marcato as partners. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, this is where I was like, oh, he's her uncle. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. This was it. This I was like, oh, because when she was like, tengo dos primas earlier, I was like, ¿qué? No entiendo. So Judge Biasotti is Maria's uncle. And she says to him, keep watching. Marcato will confirm it all before midnight so you can open a case. And then they hang up. Okay. Open a case against the president? I believe so. Yes. Okay. I believe. Híjole, Santa Maria. <laughs> Santa Maria. I believe that is correct. Okay. okay. It's a little while later and... The four production crew people have agreed to do the Von Merkins ritual that was sent in the package. So it seems they've run out of options at this point. Curls leads the ritual. They sit at a table and they put like blindfolds on and like Jason part two, like bag head, sack head things over uh-huh. there. They, they need to Great like reference. dull their, their senses. Their eyes and ears need to be covered. Uh-huh. Curls plays that cassette tape that was in the package and it's ocean sounds. Hmm. Interesting because in the commercial of the little kid where they're like, los niños son nuestra fuente de Mm. energía or whatever, isn't the kid in the commercial running down a beach? And they're also like talking talking about Islas Islas Malvinas Malvinas. by the water. Uh The guy in the ritual was murdered at the seaport, maybe like water stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Mm, Okay, okay. So the camera begins to close up to the profe who has that sack over his head. And we get this really cool shot where the camera like goes through the cloth and we see his face. Very cool. Profe opens his eyes and he sees Maria blindfolded sitting in front of him, but she disappears into darkness. And then suddenly he sees a small red light, which begins to get like bigger and bigger until it fills the screen. And Profe is like freaking out. He's like, Abel. Which, by the way, that's Curls' name, remember, Abel. He's like, Abel, por favor, get me out of here. He's freaking out. We see a flash of a hand holding a dagger and a skull superimposed on Profe's face. The dagger pulls away and the skull begins to blow away into dust, which I was like, he just died. That guy just died, yeah. He's dead. Because it starts, the, the red light flashes and it's like his face and this skull start yeah. to like inter mm-hmm. twine yeah. is not the word, but you know what I mean? Kind of like, like that fluttering flapping thing from before. Yeah, kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, pobrecito, he's gone. 
Then we see Maria. Again, she's still blindfolded. She's sitting at a table smoking a cigarette when suddenly she is in a flashback with another man that we haven't seen before. Is this Eduardo Alfonso? Alonso? Alfonso? Yes. I believe this is Eduardo Alonso. Okay, okay. So he's this young, handsome, bearded guy who happens Mm -hmm. to be a medium. Now, I will tell you how I discovered why I think this is guy this guy is Eduardo Alonso. Uh-huh. So at first I was like, was this just a name they brought up? But then I looked in the IMDB credits and I was like, Eduardo Alonso. And I found the name next to a, an actor's name. Typed in the actor's name. Couldn't find anything. But then I found a LinkedIn. A fucking <gasps> like job, like a LinkedIn profile. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. that's the actor. Fucking Eduardo Holy Alonso. So shit. thank you, LinkedIn. <laughs> Listen, you are a detective. (laughs) This is how we can make this movie work. Oh, my God. Very handsome guy. Here we go. Very handsome. So Eduardo Alonso, this medium, shows Maria a small piece of paper, which she unfolds to reveal a picture of a man who it looks like, to me at least, is running for office. It looks like a political thing. It's like there's like a, f- a political flag and it yeah. says something like, eh, vámonos a yeah. la fuerza vámonos. or whatever. <laughs> and so Maria says, it's the John Doe. And uh-huh. so I was like, okay, this is what I think. The John Doe was running for office and he was disappeared. Yes. And he was disappeared by Velasco and the Kingdom Corporate. That ritual... Yeah. That was Absolutely. like, we're going to get the fuck. We're going to fucking get rid of this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we're back at the safe house in our time and like real time with curls leading the ritual. And he receives a phone call. On the other line, we hear a demonic voice repeat over and over. Brujo. Which I was like, what the hell it is was, going on here? It was very, um. <laughs> Very Ghostbuster. Totally. If this, I should have done fucking Ghostbusters as our titulos de terror. <laughs> but I feel like that one was more Ghostbusters too. When with fucking yeah. what was the name of the bad guy? In oh my god! 2? Oh come uh, on! God yeah. damn it! I can't remember. Everyone's screaming it at us yeah, right now. We're so sorry. It into our brains. I can't. I can't fucking remember. Vigo. 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 <laughs> nice job. Nice Thank job. You. So Vigo is like, (laughs) but then suddenly the front door opens to reveal Uh that same bright red light. Mm. Curls covers his face. And when he pulls his hands away, he's wearing a mask made of straw. Bro, what? Dude, dude, I'm not. I don't know. I have nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. I have nothing. If I have a straw face. <laughs> oh my God. We're so close. We're so, we're so close. close. So here I'm we go. Here we go. Casi, casi. Oh my casi. So he's wearing this fucking straw mask and he reaches out his hand and the camera pans to show a tentacle uh-huh. coming into the room from the red light, seemingly like reaching for curls. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh-huh. While he was at the farm, Curls uh-huh. was converted into a brujo and uh-huh. either didn't know it or did know, maybe knew what he was doing this whole time. I'm not 100% sure, pero here we go. <laughs> pero, 
who is the tentacle and what is the tentacle? Girl! When is the tentacle? Fucking Región Salvaje over here. I Straight don't up. know. I don't know. That tentacle is going to take him and make sweet, sweet love to him. That's what's about I, to happen. Absolutely. I literally wrote, what? Tentacle? <laughs> it feels very like Lovecraftian. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Cosmic horror. Give me a tentacle. Sure. Uh-huh. So, oh my God. Okay, so the tentacle and curls fall in love. <laughs> and now we're back in the safe house ritual again. And But this time we see Federici. Mm-hmm. Federici takes off his blindfold and now he has a flashback. We see Eduardo Alonso, that handsome bearded medium. And he's showing a picture of an old house to the production crew. And we're talking like, Production crew like the host, Maria, Federici, Natalia, the they're all gang. here. He explains that the house is duplicated throughout the city by magic, and it can provide things to help people if they need it. Now, I will not name she who shall be not, not be named, whatever the fuck, but I was like, the room of requirement. <laughs> I love that she became she who must not be named. Must yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. But right? There Very is a house requirement throughout our city that is exactly the same house. It's been duplicated and if you go in there, it has what you need. The room of requirement. A room of requirement. There's Okay, here's a I may be wrong, mm. but when he said that, I was like is that what this house that they're staying at as the espionaje people? Is that the same house? I thought that at first. No, I don't believe oh, okay. it because in the pictures, the houses look kind of older. Um, and we'll get to that soon. We will get okay. to that, I believe. But I do not think that they are the same place. Okay, okay. So Beardo Medium in this flashback that Federici's happening says, if we can give Marcato access to the house or at least find an address for him, I think. Me, Johnny, that's what I think. Uh uh Marcato will confirm everything on TV. And I was like, about the crime and about like the Brujo connection to the president. I was like, okay, I think I'm putting this together. Cool. Right, right, right. And in this flashback, Federici gets the address to one of the homes from Eduardo Alonso. And the address is Melian Cuatro Mil Cientos. Uh Okay, he gets this information in this flashback. Federici comes to in real time, like with the blindfold still on. He pulls off the blindfold. He barfs. We hear that fluttery sound in (laughs) in the background. He looks at the spot where the profe was sitting, but there's just ash. That motherfucker's dead. He looks down. He sees Curls dead on the floor, who is like currently fluttering away into another dimension. That's that fluttering sound. He sees yeah, yeah. Maria standing nearby, holding her bleeding, her bleeding throat with one hand, a knife in the other. And Maria says, Curls is one of them. He's a fucking brujo. He killed Profe, and then he tried to kill me. And Federici is like, whoa, 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 whoa. What time is it? What's happening? And did Natalia ever call? Cut to Natalia. She's walking the night streets, with the chiseled Beardo hitman guy following her. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh. She hides and the hitman calls out to her, Natalia, the prof sent me to get you. His phone Don't died. Don't believe and him, girl. Lies. And he couldn't get in touch with you. I have the address. Mm-mm. And at this point I was like, okay, I think it's all settling. Like that's what she, like you said, 
She just needs this address. All of a sudden, he flutters into being behind her, which I was like, no, horrible. And he's like, you can't hide. He begins to chase her again. But all of a sudden, Natalia turns around, pulls a fucking gun, and shoots the chiseled beard hit man who drops dead to the floor. And Natalia just walks away. Good for you, girl. Keeps on walking. Bye. And in in the very first phone call that she has with El Profe, El Profe Mm -hmm. says, do you have the thing we gave you? That Danny gave you, which was the the fucking producer Producer at Canal 6. So it's all literally Charlie, Sunny, Philadelphia, (laughs) bing, bang, boom. It's all there. You know what I mean? There might be a little bit too much there, honestly, if I'm being totally honest, because I'm confused as fuck. But it's at least very spider webby, but it's we figured it out. We're mostly putting it together. Yeah. Back at the safe house, Federici yet again makes Maria check. How many kids do all these people involved in the case have? This time, though. There's an extra number for each person. Yes, she's she wrong. Goes, he's like, uh, how many does fucking Linares has? And she says three when he has two. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, how many does Marcato have? One. How many does fucking Aguilar or whatever have? Yes. Or my or my uncle, three. And yes. I was like, ooh, girl, is this mean? Is this, what is it? <laughs> well, it seems to me that the Bon Merkens ritual, taking that fucking... Uh, Tannis root sitting down doing this whole thing is reawakening like locked memories or something like that from other dimension stuff other dimensions the future the past quien sabe I mean I'm Time confused travel, as fuck algo. Time, algo so her answers are wrong children are missing and she's like dude what happened to them what happened to the children and Federici says the same thing that will happen to the people at the midnight protest. They will take the children. Se acabó el futuro. Which I was like, this feels so politically dark to me. Like, get rid of the protesters, get rid of the youth that will probably vote against what, like, the older politicians might want. Okay. In order to keep in order to stay in Velasco. power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Just get rid of them. I think. <laughs> well, because my question is, because I was confused about they're going to take the kids. And I'm like, mm-hmm. who is they? And why are these kids at a midnight yeah. fucking well, protest? When I, when I hear kids, I think children, like small children. I, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think like here, like we can understand like the youth, youth or they can still do what they've done to children to the youth. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also to be thought that like, just let's just talk about it now. But like in that commercial, the children are talked about, about as an energy source. Yeah. And we're talking about like burning things, shit like that. Like I literally wrote like I'm picturing them just chucking kids into a furnace. Like that's right. what I'm or picturing. Or like the depths of hell to like to energize their wicked ways. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Totally. Or their yeah. dimension traveling or yes. whatever. Yeah. They're like they're they're Satan power. I don't fucking Girl. know. Yeah. Okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> Natalia calls. Federici picks up. Now. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. Okay. So Natalia calls. Federici picks up. And she's like, 
no, he, fuck, okay. And he is like, the address is Melian 4100. He tells her that he tells her this. Natalia gets to the address. She goes into the house and she opens a box. Natalia then calls Federici at the safe house and says, dude, I remember everything. Call the TV station and tell Danny I'm on my way in a cab. I didn't catch what I'm about to tell you. She's calling him from a cab. Well, yeah. And she says, <laughs> <laughs> and it's 1987. She's, it's 1987. I wrote, what year is this? Because she's like, tenés que llamar a la estación, decirle a Dani que ya estoy, estoy llegando, estoy en un taxi ahorita. And he says to her, ¿Cómo? Yeah. En un taxi. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. And then we cut to her in the taxi and she's no longer on a phone or anything. Like she's just sitting there like kind of oh, get there fast kind of thing. And I'm like, did she do this telepathically or sure. what? how did this happen? Like what? Because I was just as confused as fucking Ferici in there. Yep. So we're about to. I, we need to talk about this thing, though, real quick. Let yes, me continue yes. a little bit. Uh-huh, but she uh-huh. called him from the cab, something that yeah. would not be possible, not be, in, 1987. Not be possible in 1987. Unless maybe you had one of those big ass motherfucking cell phones. Maybe. No, todavía no, I don't think no. not yet. Right. Yeah. No. Meanwhile, back at the safe house, 60 minutes has started again. It is four minutes to midnight. It is 20.3 degrees centigrade. So it's hotter. Yeah. The host continues to interview Marcato, and Marcato's like, things are going to get worse. The Magus will make a new pact, and things will start again over and over and over until our existence is, re- is reduced to a lifeless shell. Just then, though, Natalia walks into the station, and she hands the host an iPhone. An iPhone. <laughs> that is what was in the box. That is what Marcato needs. However, what I'm also confused about is like, if Natalia belongs in 1987, Uh how the fuck would she know how to use an iPhone? Is she of the future? And she just didn't remember? You never really know. You never really know. Well, she does say, I remember everything now. Yes, yes. So maybe we're talking time travel, different dimension things. She knows like she sees that and she's like, holy shit. It's all coming back to me now. It's all coming back back to me now. (laughs) So the host gets the iPhone and he's like, what the fuck? He's like, is this what you were looking for to Marcato? And Marcato's like, holy shit. Yes. Give it to me. Marcato takes the iPhone. He dials a number into the iPhone and he's like, milagros, hija. It's dad. Are you okay? Listen to me. And just to remember, Maria zero said kids. zero kids. He doesn't have kids. Apparently he does. <laughs> Meanwhile, the host begins to ask Marcato to confirm all the things that Maria listed for us earlier. However, the questions are different. And I'm honestly not sure why. Number one. President Velasco is a bru is a brujo. <laughs> <laughs> Number one is a President brujo. Velasco is a brujo. <laughs> President Velasco is a brujo, and you initiated him. Yes, says Marcato. Two, 
Velasco and his crew came to power using black magic. Yes, says Marcato. And then into the phone, Marcato says, Hija, go to my library immediately. Three, continues the host. You entered a pact with entities from another world. Yes, says Marcato. And then into the phone to his daughter, he says, on the top shelf, there's a thin folder with a beige cover. It's called The Things We Lost in the Fire. Four, continues the host. In exchange for that energy, Velasco gave the entities su futuro, answers Marcato. So he knew what the host was going to say. Su futuro. So Velasco gave the entities his future. His own future. President Velasco's own future. Uh Yes. Okay, okay. Basically like you sold your soul to the devil. devil. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And then Marcato continues to speak to his daughter on the iPhone. He says to her, I need you to read a piece of paper in the folder. It has a word written on it. And finally, five, says the host. But Marcato interrupts him. And he says to his daughter on the iPhone, I want you to count to 20 and then read that word. Then to the host, Marcato says, I can confirm that for you or I can do something better. I can show you. So Marcato looks right into the camera and says, I want you all to turn up the volume of your TVs. Back at the safe house, they turn up their volume. We see the clock on the TV screen begin to count down from 10, like 10 seconds left, everybody. Marcato says, I regret everything I did. The clock continues to count down. Three, two, one. Cali, says Marcato. And then the show cuts away. It's midnight. I don't know what the fuck Kali is. I believe it was part of a larger word. Uh-huh. I think so, that too. That we didn't quite fully hear because it was cut away. Back at the safe house, Federici and Maria start to hear fireworks, beeping, drumming. The protest has begun. And we also hear ocean sounds. At the TV station, now we're in color. Like, it's color. Full color, Wizard of Oz. Like bright colors, which is very like, whoa, what the fuck? It's so jarring. Yes. And it seems that Marcato has just fully disappeared. Like there's a puff of smoke where he was supposed to be. He's gone. (laughs) The host looks down at his hands and they seem like out of focus. Almost like 3D. Weird. Almost shaking. um, uh, Like staticky. Yes, totally. Like, Like a TV. Would kind of look, maybe. We then close up on Natalia. She's frightened. She's crying. As we hear the host scream, can you see it? Can you see it? The ocean sounds get louder and louder. Fin de la película. What does it mean? What does it mean? I do. I would like to say that the credits go from white to white red. to red. Which very feels very cool. like you're descending into hell, which this movie feels to me like a descent into hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my interpretation is that they didn't make it in time and that mm-hmm. the world is so ending, too. that the world is, it's over. Here are some things that I would just like to talk about real quick. Okay, yes, yes. Marcato. The production crew and Bon Merkens were all in cahoots. I don't know why Bon Merkens was hiding the information about the secret location from the production crew. 
Mm-hmm. Was it, I was like, maybe because Maria didn't believe in all the witchy stuff and Bon Americans did. I have no idea what that was about. I definitely think that Bon Merkings and Marcato were in cahoots. I don't know if the production team, except for maybe Abel Curls, mm-hmm. was, I don't think they were fully in the know. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if Marcato and ben Bon Merkins were doing this to save the world or end the world. I right. don't know. I'm not sure, honestly. And what does it mean about the host in his hands? And why do we see Natalia get all freaked out? Like, for a moment, I was like, oh, maybe Natalia is a somebody's child one of the children that like disappeared or something and maybe even Marcato's child yeah or something like that but that's the thing too like i was like okay there's a bunch of disappeared children are they in the future have they been moved to the future are the children dead like were they yeah, burned right. for demonic energy that i don't fucking know i also Pero, don't know if if marcato's daughter is in a future where iPhones exist, or in a world where iPhones exist, that is the future. Right. Oh, I, I'm just like, es que no sé. So either the kids, either the kids were <laughs> used for energy source, or yeah. like, here's, here's a gift to the devil or whatever, or because... Marcato's like, I regret everything. And like when he's on the phone with his kid, he's like, honey, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. So like, and he says something in one of the speeches where he's like, Todos son una hormiga. And then he says, Yo les enseño a ya no ser hormigas. Mm. So like, I, I feel like either, because he says, I left kingdom corporate. I I stepped away from being vice president because things weren't going. We had a disagreement for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either el presidente was using the children to like fuel his deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. But like, what did el senador Linares have to do? Like, why is his child is his child dead or is his child in the future? It is. It is. See, that's that's like if if I were to interpret this my way, which I would like to think that the director is like, it's up to you to kind of figure it oh, out. It here. Totally is that? Yeah. I like that line. Se acabó el futuro. Mm-hmm. It, uh, like it just feels like to me like this all feels very dark. We're getting rid of children because you know, oftentimes. You know, like we say, children are the future and they will often vote different from like old farts yeah, that have totally. been in power for too long. But it seems like to me, like Marcato is very much against kingdom corporate because it's like very political. It's just like, like he says, the Magus will do a new pact and it's just going to start over and over, which honestly feels like politics. Like it's yeah. like we vote over and over and over. And honestly, it feels like nothing fucking changes a lot right. of the time, which I think is like one of the, you know, artsy fartsy interspersed themes in here. Yeah. Anyway, 
we did what we could. Let's you get into it, some. You did it, dude. Honestly, <laughs> a lot of, I was like, I, this wave that I'm writing for this film, I'm really, ho- I pulled a big time Johnny where I was like, I'm just going to rely on him to break it down for me because I was very lost. I did what I could. Let's get into some trivia. You nailed it. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. First, let's talk about Christian Ponce. Great. Uh, Christian Ponce is a director and screenwriter. He is co-founder of the production company Sangram from La Plata. And you see it in the beginning, Sangram. Mm. Um, from which he made a web series uh, called A Year Without Television from 2011. And short films such as Brief History on the Planet from 2015. Uh and he directed in 2020 History of the Occult, which is his first feature film. Wow, nice job, dude. So I found, uh, and to keep going talking about Christian Ponce, I found an article on popcong.com.ar. History of the Occult. We spoke with Christian Ponce after his arrival on Netflix. Entonces, it's written by Victoria Airaldi, on November 10th, 2021, the native director of La Plata told us how he thought of this particular film and how he feels after landing on the most popular streaming platform, which we don't have. This is specifically Latino America Netflix, but it's on Netflix. Mm hmm. History of the Occult is a film that combines several genres, including political and journalistic thriller, occult terror, and some science fiction, all kinds of cinema that Christian Ponce is a fan of. Uh, Popcorn pregunta, History of the Occult has uh, that small movie DNA that science fiction fans love to discover. It reminded me of gems like Primer from 2004 or Coherence from 2013. That's why I liked it so much. Did you use any of those as references? And Cristian Ponce says, yes, those are the films that inaugurated that movement. The lo-fi sci-fi, quote, Another Earth from 2011 and also The Sound of My Voice from 2011 uh, are influences of his. The projects that we put together with Tangrang Cine, his production company, are always of that style. And this is the first film that we made. Those movies were landmarks. Primer is an example of a movie that doesn't explain everything that happens, but you can enjoy it. It gives you a feeling that you're just that you're just as lost as they are. Which oh, <laughs> I mean, put it as your tagline. The original script was 10 pages longer than what would be the transcript of the film's dialogue as it stands now. (laughs) 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 That script explained everything to you. It wasn't quite a Nolan movie, Christopher Nolan, but it explained a lot. And when we were filming, we realized what was left over sometimes seeing the performances of the actors or stuff that wasn't necessary or we didn't have time to film. Once we finished filming and we made a first cut, 
which was the script verbatim. And that's where we said, este es el momento de hacerlo pelota. <laughs> we had the idea to leave things open and we read a review of, Spiel of Spielberg's The Post, which compared it to All the President's Men, which is one of our biggest references. And it said that The Post gave you everything chewed up. While in the other movie, All the President's Men, you were just another researcher and you were finding out information along with the characters. We also wanted to do that. And when the film ends, the viewer is regulating just like the characters trying to figure out what happened. So I think <laughs> I think it makes sense that we're like, huh? Who? Why? Yes. And most you know reviews I mean? and things that I saw of this were like, didn't get it, loved it, but didn't get it. You know, exactly. I also found this article on uh, Gizmondo. Uh, dot com called History of the Occult Investigates a Conspiracy of Doom uh, by Cheryl Eddy, released in December 15th, on December 15th, 2022. So it says here, history recalls 1980s Argentina as a time of unease and tragedy exacerbated by power mad leaders. Cristian Ponce's unsettling indie history of the occult revisits that tumultuous time and asks, what if the government was doing it all in the name of black magic? Mm. Ponce is the co-creator of the Curlian Frequency, an animated web series set in a fictional town where the supernatural feels emboldened to mix with the human world in a sort of Stephen King meets H.P. Lovecraft way. At the center of each episode is a radio host who takes calls from listeners describing their own weird encounters. There are strong echoes of these themes in History of the Occult, which unfurls around the final episode of a TV talk show dramatically titled 60 Minutes Before Midnight. Mm -hmm. So the article gives like a small um, synopsis about the film, including uh, that the founder of Kingdom Corporation, Adrián Marcato, has agreed to set the record straight on 60 Minutes Before Midnight's final program. Quote, I am not a con artist, he insists, but he nonchalantly admits to being a warlock. Horror fans will immediately pick up on that name. Adrián Marcato is the name of an infamous witch in Rosemary's Baby, which gets more than one hat tip here. Tannis Root is deployed as a hallucinogen, and the movie itself gets mentioned in a discussion of satanic panic that also references Michelle Remembers, the since-discredited tome that helped galvanize that pocket of mass hysteria. Much like the Curlian frequency, history of the occult suggests that strange things are going on around us at all times, and we should perhaps feel lucky that we haven't yet noticed. History of the Occult is now streaming on Screenbox. It's also available for rental through Prime Video. The Curlian Frequency is not officially streaming anywhere at the moment, but we'll keep you posted when it becomes available again. Thank you, Gizmondo. That sounds very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to quickly talk about Nadia Lozano, who played Maria in the film. Great. I found 
I think this is her like this is a website for like actors to put your your reel on and your sure. it's yeah. basically like a resume website and um says here Nadia Lozano acts in the plays La Plaza de los Salvajes by Victoria Roland which premiered on Timbre Cuatro which I think is a channel in Argentina mm. and also in Carne y Hueso by Juan Colazo that premiered at FIWA in 2019. She is part of the performing arts company La Mujer Mutante, being an actress in Una Otra Más Real Que La Del Mundo, a recent creation of the company premiered and produced by the Buenos Aires Youth Art Biennial, the Barrios Creativos, and FIWA 2020 program. Miss Argentina 2015 by Roberto Bonomo, which premiered at Bafici 2016. Relación Abierta from 2014 by Eduardo Sabino. El Legado 2013 by Mariano Huéter, which was a TV series for Canal 9. Esta brother está trabajando, okay? <laughs> In 2019, she co-starred in Historia de lo Oculto by Cristian Ponce on Netflix Latino and HBO Europe. Oh, wow. There you go. 2019. All right. ¿Quién sabe? We're in a different Girl, dimension, different. bro. <laughs> 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 so yep. my final thing mm-hmm. here, I was like, when they, when I saw... Uh, on the in the subtitles when he said things we lost in the fire i was like mm. that sounds familiar Does. yes and i googled it and it's definitely a movie with halle berry and benicio del toro <laughs> but uh-huh. i was like no i mean older what? so i put in things we lost in the fire book y me salió el wikipedia it's actually called las cosas que perdimos en el fuego a short story collection by Mariana Enriquez. Originally published in Spanish, it was translated into English by Ma- Megan McDowell in 2017. The Intoxicated Years was published in Granta, which is a literary magazine and publisher in the UK. And the story Spiderweb appeared in The New Yorker. In a review in Vanity Fair, Sloan Crossley was impressed by Enriquez's skill at using supernatural stories to explore Argentina's political turmoil. Quote, in her hands, the country's inequality, beauty and corruption tangle together to become a manifestation of our own darkest thoughts and fears. Ooh which I thought was very interesting. And that's the end of my trivia. I love it. I would assume that that is why Christian put that title in there. I believe so. Could be. It it makes sense. Probably not the Benicio del Toro slash Halle Berry movie, but who knows? I don't know if that's, uh, if they're the, those two are connected, but maybe I haven't seen or read either. There we go. Well, loved your trivia. Here we go, everybody. (laughs) I thought we should talk a little bit about the political situation in Argentina in the 80s. So let's talk about the Dirty War or the Guerra Sucia. 
So the Dirty War is the name used by the military junta or civic military dictatorship of Argentina for the period of state terrorism in Argentina from 74 to 83 as a part of the Operación Condor or Operation Condor during which military and security forces and right-wing death squads in the form of the Argentine Anti-Communist Alliance or known as a triple A, which we've heard of. Yes, we have. I think when we did like Sudor Frio or like yeah, yes. one of those That's movies. what it was. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that's exactly what it was. So uh, these death squads hunted down any political dissidents and anyone believed to be associated with socialism, left-wing Peronism, or the Montoneros movement. It is estimated that between 9,000 and 30,000 people were killed or disappeared many of whom were impossible to formally document due to the nature of state terrorism. Oh, geez. The primary target, like in many other South American countries participating in Operation Condor, were communist guerrillas and sympathizers. But the target of Operation Condor also included students, militants, trade unionists, writers, journalists, artists, and any citizens suspected of being left-wing activists. So I feel like that kind of ties in with our movie, you know, a little bit. Like, I mean, I know in our movie we're taking a, you know, like a black magic approach to it, which I Mm -hmm. think is a very, like, I know we're talking about real people who died here, and I have the utmost respect for that. Um, I just find it to be an interesting way of exploring that. You know what I mean? Agreed. So just to finish this little thing, it says here, by the 1980s, economic collapse, public discontent, and the disastrous handling of the Falklands War resulted in the end of the junta and the restoration of democracy in Argentina, effectively ending the dirty war. Many members of the junta are currently in prison for crimes against humanity and genocide. It left a profound impact on Argentine culture as well, which is still felt to this day. Wow. Now, let's talk about the Falkland Islands, also known as Islas Malvinas. <gasps> Had no idea. Shut up, me neither. Had no fucking clue. No idea. Wow, okay. I just wanted to include a little thing about the Falkland Islands here. So, also from Wikipedia, it says, Controversy exists over the Falklands' discovery and subsequent colonization by Europeans. At various Mm -hmm. times, the islands have had French, British, Spanish, and Argentine settlements. Britain reasserted its rule in 1833, but Argentina maintains its claim to the islands. In April 1982, Argentine military forces invaded the islands. British administration was restored two months later at the end of the Falklands War. In a 2013 sovereignty referendum, almost all Falklanders voted in favor of the archipelago remaining a UK overseas territory. Argentina Argentina dismissed this referendum. (gasps) The British government urged Argentina and other countries to respect the islanders' wishes. The territory's sovereignty status is part of an ongoing dispute between Argentina and the United Kingdom. Wow. I knew that there was, like, back and forth between Mm -hmm. the UK and Argentina about who, like, was in charge. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it was until t- this day, you're saying? either. D- well, that's what I read there. There is a lot of information out there about the specifics. And if I'm being totally honest, Isla Ma- Islas Malvinas might not include the entire Falkland Islands. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It might just be part of it. But from what it seems like to me, from what I read, it's um, there have been like more peaceful periods and we're not a fucking war or they're not a right. fucking war. But I believe that there is still tension. Sure. Is what I gathered. Wow. Now let's switch subjects. And let's talk about this little thing that I found from bloodydisgusting.com, which I just wanted to read like, you know, this movie did is did and is doing particularly well. So I just wanted to read this uh, article called History of the Occult, Lovecraftian Horror from Argentina, now on Screenbox, written by Brad Miska on December 6th, 6th, 6th of 2022. Mm. Uh, it says here, during its festival run, the bone-chilling film won the Le Film Francais, Francais, Francais Prize at Cannes Blood Window Sidebar. Whoa. Okay. Can. Best Argentine Breakthrough Performance Actor, which I couldn't find which actor it was, but whoever you were, good you job. Did it. I and hope the it was special. Qual? Oh, uh, me too. It should be. And Give the it to special, him. he deserves it. And the special jury award for Best Latin American First Feature at the Mar del Plata Film Festival. In addition, History of the Occult was nominated for Best Motion Motion Picture at Sitges, Spain's premier festival specializing in fantasy and horror films. Still not sure if that's how you say it. Sitges, 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 S I T G E S. That's it. That's the one. Sitges. All right. Just want to talk about Tannis Root real quick. So I found this from movies stackexchange.com which kind of <laughs> seems like a reddit kind of thing yeah, yeah so there are like different kind of explanations for this but one of these writers who whose name is just Beska says <laughs> I remember when I was watching the movie Rosemary's Baby I was sure I had figured the Tannis root mis- mystery out thinking that Tannis was spelled T-A-N-A-S and not T-A-N-N-I-S which is what it says in the subtitles right Tannis, T-A-N-A-S, is an anagram for Satan. For Satan. But apparently that's wrong. Duh. Oh. Apparently it's not <laughs> what was intended, but it's fun to think. Hell yeah. It Satan absolutely root. is. The root of Satan. The root of Satan. Uh, it also says here that it is never... Who wrote this? Tablemaker says, it is never fully explained... <laughs> Just hinted at throughout the course of the movie that it is a fictional thing, Tannis Root, Mm -hmm. something only devil worshiper types, witches, and anything related to black magic use in their concoctions, recipes for good luck, etc. Sure. Sure. Whatever. I just thought that was cool and kind of fun. It was a connection to, to Rosemary's Baby, which I thought was great. Very cool. Okay. Now I want to talk about this review left on letterboxd.com. And it was left by Fer Dumas, who gave this movie four and a half out of five stars on letterboxd.com. Wow. Okay. He has a take on this, which I was like, huh? Okay. But I think I just want to bring it up. Mm -hmm. Also, I'll be translating, sir. So bear with me. He says, there's something 
about the line, se acabó el futuro. Federici is the first to figure out that that's the key since mm -hmm. he saw it in one, he heard it in one of his dreams. He's the one to like keep bringing it up. He notices it when Marcato talks about the dis disappearing of his of the children from the politician. And also he notices it in that commercial like Federici is noticing the phrase repeats itself. Mm -hmm. When Natalia makes it to the house, the fucking room of requirement, and she sees the iPhone, she remembers everything. She can mm -hmm. call the group from the taxi which, you know, like you said, surprises everybody. Like, how the fuck are you calling from a cab? Right. Once they see Marcato use the phone, they all remember. But he had to get it to for, for everybody to remember. And that's when everything turns to color and apparently like aspect ratio, like the 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 yeah. spacing of the movie. Remember when our, our fucking X episode that was like, what do you call it? The like how it opens up and you're like, oh, it's now CinemaScope or whatever. I don't fucking <laughs> CinemaScope. know. CinemaScope. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what this dude thinks is that once the phone was retrieved, the future and the present were saved. That they achieved their goal. Oh. The future was not. The future no se acabó. That is like they did it. Like el fo el fucking Marcato got the phone. He's talking to his daughter. That was the that's what they needed to do. They did it. So that's what he's saying. Like the future now exists again. But all oh. he needed to do was get the phone through like witchy ways, I believe, is what's going on here. OK, I'm not sure that I buy that. Like to me, I think the world I think they fucked it. And I don't think that's it also felt like they fucked it to me. Yeah, it felt too. it felt scary. It didn't feel like yeah. hopeful. It felt bad. But yeah. I could be wrong. So I just thought it'd be interesting to bring up this this different take on it that like once they see the iPhone they're because they're all like remembering it, piecing it together. Que paso, que paso, putting it together. I yeah. believe that that is what happened. But I still have so many motherfucking questions. But anyway, oh, dude, that is my trivia for today. Amazing. How about I ask you some questions, please? Jonathan, were you scared? Yes, I will say I was scared briefly, but those creepy demon burned creature moments creep me the fuck out. So, yeah, I was scared. What about you? I wrote slightly. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Those moments I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. So, ooh, sure. yeah. What was your best scare? The growling creature in the hall, I'm going to say. Although I will say Maria hearing her name over and over on the tape yes, recorder without the cassette creepy. was so creepy. But just seeing that thing in the hall, I was like, oi, no, horrible. What about yours? Yeah. Mine was also the eyes in the hall. And then immediately somebody like smashing on the wall uh, or something, just yeah. sending me up to the ceiling. So, yeah. 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 Who was your favorite character? It's got to be Maria. I loved this act. This this performance was so good. Yeah. So like down to earth, subtle. I really respected that she was like kind of hard headed. Yeah. And really stuck to her ways. I don't know. I think this this actress was fucking great. So it's got to be Maria. How about you? Me too. Maria all the way. I love a fucking bad bitch that is like, I'm not going to take drugs. I'm doing my job. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Hell Good yeah. Good for you, girl. Stand your ground. What was your best line? I'll give it to Se Acabo El Futuro. That just feels like thesis statement E to this movie. Yeah, very so, thesis yeah, that'll, statement that'll e. take it. What about you? 
I had two. Uh, hmm. There was a moment where I think it was, um, I think it was Eduardo Alonso, Alfonso, whatever, mm-hmm. the, the medium, that says, Vos me estás tomando el pelo, pendeja? <laughs> Which basically means, like, are you fucking with me? Yeah, and I, yeah. I just lo- had never heard, like, Vos me estás tomando el pelo, pendeja. And I was like, <laughs> again, it sounds like something a Nicaraguan person would say. Totally. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Pero... También, I gotta give a shout out to Isi Fasha. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta. You gotta Isifasha. give it to Isi Fasha. Yeah. Um, what was your best death? I'll give it to Profe. Like that weird psychedelic death scene, skull, dagger, superimposed shit. I was like, I don't know what the fuck is happening, but looks cool. So that'll take it from me. What about you? I agree. I did that, too. I was like Mm -hmm. this like skull and face like disco light that we were doing. (laughs) This disco very weird. And the fact that his like curls says everybody keep your forearms facing down on the table. And when you see that he's dead or gone, all you see is dust in the shape of his arms on the table. Yeah, I really like that. Very cool. Uh, Did you learn anything from the culture? Not really specifically about Argentina culture, but I will say yeah. I learned NN. Did not know that. Did not know that. So I'll say yes. I would say yes too, in that there's a handful of things that they said, like, Vos me estás tomando el pelo, pendeja. Sure. Like, that sound, like there's random things here and there, like finding out that the Falkland Islands is. Islas Malvinas, yeah. Islas Malvinas. This whole, there was like little chunks here and yeah. there that felt particularly Argentinian. Yeah, yeah, so. you're right. Yeah, totally. Uh, and out of five uis, how many uis do you give this movie? I'm going to give this movie three and a half uis. I liked it. I really, really did. It's a little too smarty pants. It's a little too twisty, turny, confusing for me. But I enjoyed it. I liked the look of it. I thought it mm-hmm. was like very stylistically cool. Like yeah. those choices. I loved Maria. I, again, like I said, like the idea of presenting like, what if the reason governmental people stay in power is because they're fucking doing like dark witchcraft, you know, black magic stuff. I was like, that's, yeah. that's interesting. You know, I think that's Illuminati really cool. stuff. Yeah. So three and a half. I thought this was a good one. Definitely recommend it. It's pretty short. Check it out, everybody. You're going to be fucking confused. <laughs> what about you i also gave it three and a half uh i also like visually really cool the pops of red that appear feel Mm. very like visually awesome and the 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 weird stuff is pretty fucking weird and you're just like what is the vibe man i just don't you were very confused but not in a it doesn't push you away kind of Mm, mm -mm, no like confusion you're kind of it kind of pulls you in even more if not you're just like i do want to know what yeah yeah i want to fucking figure this out exactly so three and a half great great job everybody you're nailing it although (laughs) i still have no idea what just happened help me what happened (laughs) help please Uh, well, let's, um, get out of this safe house because, man. I don't feel safe. 
I do. I not don't feel, feel safe. safe at all. This tape recorder keeps saying my name, and there's no tape inside, so <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Eileen, uh, thank you so much <laughs> for being with us again. I know that. <laughs> The New Year episodes have already come out, but this feels officially New Year's Eve. It does. So happy New Year's again. Happy New Year's. And not for nothing, this is the closest um, recording time to release that we've had in a while. Mm -hmm. So it feels pretty like like we're on the same timeline. Speaking of timelines and dimensions. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you for being here once again in 2023. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen in cualquier plataforma. You can follow our redes sociales at Uikiror on Instagram and Twitter. You can find every single one of our movies on our link tree, linktr.ee slash Send us an email with another uh, fucking full-on thesis paper on Please. this film at Uikiror at gmail.com. Thank you to Sonoro for being Canal 6 for our 60 Minutos Hasta la Medianoche. You can follow <laughs> them on their redes sociales at Sonoro Podcast on Twitter and Instagram as well. And Johnny, if I were to reveal to the world my plans as a witch and a warlock to take over political stances, I would hope that you were the host of the TV show. <laughs> That I tell my secrets to. Absolutely. I'd be like, I plotted it all with her too. Yeah, we did it together and we're taking over the world. Uh, We're doing it. (laughs) I fucking love you, dude. I fucking love you too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. Uy, que horror. Es una producción de Sonoro. Produced by Jonathan Atkinson and Eileen Clark. Edición y mezcla, Karina Riverol. Escuche Uy, Que Horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Adiós. Adiós. Sonoro.